Welcome to What's That About? This week, we're discussing anti-vaxxers. First episode of 2021. If you don't get your kid vaccinated, you're a dickhead. Please, (laughs) please play the theme music. Don, out of the gates, 2021, you are not mucking about this year. I had to just chuck it out there. I just, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend. Uh, I don't know. We are actually having a, a proper look at it. I've obviously done extensive research, and that's the conclusion I've come to. <laughs> On the front foot, I love that before we started, I've, I've heard, oh, I know a few people who are kind of, you know, along the vaccine conscious concern spectrum. <laughs> and you've, yeah. Well, let's just, you know, be careful how we play this. No, bang. Yeah. <laughs> On the front foot. All right, Don, big summer break. Classic What's That About style. We've had about 10 months off. Yeah. I think our last episode was the Christmas special, uh, which came out at like 11.59pm on Christmas Eve. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's like the tightest thing. I just couldn't be bothered editing it, so I got, <laughs> got it out just in time. It's the what, What's That About way. I think once we lose momentum on this podcast... We absolutely gather moss very quickly. We just yeah. go into hibernation mode. Yeah, I thought you were talking about your beard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like is moss a bit... is a bit generous, but uh, that's fine. <laughs> I would absolutely take moss. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, big summer break. Surely you've been up to lots of interesting things. Anything ruffled your feathers? Anything upset you? Anything you want to talk about? It's been three and a half months since the last episode, and <laughs> the only thing that's ruffled my feathers, I've had a pretty good run, I think, because the only thing that's ruffled my feathers is the fact that I needed new shoes for work, and I usually need comfortable shoes I can walk around in. So I saw on eBay that Adidas had a sale, and so I bought some sneakers for $45, hmm. and when I got them, you know when you just sort of, you just feel like you can't pull off a certain piece of clothing because it just doesn't represent who you are like it's just not the essence of don or the essence of luke yeah this yep. one it kind of looks like it looks like i'm a soccer player wearing casual shoes you know like it's kind of like it looks like footy boots without studs on it yeah have you seen you know those kind of shoes they're a little are they a little bit i'm guessing they're, they're black with a few stripes on the side and maybe a little bit yeah. of shine on the it's like a leathery shine to yeah, it yeah, it's yeah. quite it's quite hugging of the foot like it's not a wide shoe it's quite Yep. And I'm just like, I can't pull this off. Yeah, like, I haven't seen them, but I know you can't pull that off. Yeah, yeah. and that's what's ruffled my feathers. I don't know whether to return it, whether to keep it. Can I Yeah. Can I just del- deliver some feedback early in the year? Mm. You've had three and a half months, and what yeah. you've come back with is I bought a pair of shoes that probably looked a little bit too much like soccer boots. <laughs> is yeah. that what you brought to the table? Absolutely, little Lukey. <laughs> that is exactly what I brought to the table, and I'll I'll back that up 100%. Because it's very distressing. <laughs> it's very distressing. I'm very worried about this year. What what lies ahead for the What's That About podcast? So am I, actually. It's going to be the end. It's going to be the beginning of the end of my feet as well as the podcast. All right, Don, should we get into the actual topic of today? Yeah, let's do it. Anti-vaxxers. Probably fair to stay on the front foot. We, we're pro-vaccine. We're, we're vaccine buffs. We're, uh, we're big fans of vaccines. Yeah. No debate, really. No debate. So this podcast is really why might someone be anti-vaccines when they've done such a great job? <laughs> they've done such a great job. I read a, a stat that they that 
they prevent two to three million deaths a year vaccines. And if yeah. everyone was getting vaccinated at their recommended level, another one and a half million deaths would be prevented. Vaccines, yeah, are, right. vaccines are great. Now, I don't want to... I, initially, when I was doing the intro, I didn't want to scare away anti-vaxxers that sort of had stumbled across the episode because, you know, there's possibly going to be some interesting information in here. Kind of regret calling them dickheads in the intro. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Will they keep listening after that? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but I think the listen still counts, though. I think that little play for that first seven seconds... Yeah, that's all I came about. That, so yeah, good. We're happy? Good. Um, so what what do you come to this topic with? What's the what's your starting uh, starting point? Well, my starting point, as always, is Don's definition. <laughs> the definition you can trust. The definition you can trust. So anti-vaxxers, or the official term is vaccine hesitancy, um, also known as anti-vaccination or anti-vax, is a reluctance or refusal to to be vaccinated or to have one's children's vaccinated against contagious diseases. That's basically what it is. Yeah. It goes on to say that it's uh, usually contradicted by overwhelming scientific consensus. But yeah, yeah. they're very vocal. Very vocal. Yeah. And there is almost, there, like, I think it's fair to say there's a, there's a continuum of how anti-vax you are. Like, I think, like, you know, in Australia, at least, 90 to 93% of people are pro-vaccine. Mm. And then there's this kind of 7%, which is a sliding scale. From At one end, it's like... Absolutely against vaccines for reasons we'll I think that's go about two percent. absolutely against it. Yeah, two percent are like really vehemently against it, and then there's like this five percent which are more you know cautious, hesitant. You know, there might be vaccine delayers where it's like, oh, I'll get them, but just not so close together and you know spaced when the kids are a bit older. So there's there's degrees of anti-vax as well, which I think is is important to point out. Yeah. So degrees of dickheads really is what I'm... <laughs> so there's the absolutely... 2% absolute dickheads. Then the other 5% has dickhead tendencies. Uh, they've got a sliding scale. They've got a They're dick on just, the head, but it's just a little one. That's it. Yeah. It's, just, it's a little fella. It's fine. It does a job. But um, look. It's <laughs> and so I guess the first layer is obviously why might someone be against getting vaccinated? Yeah. Did you look into so that? So let's go off. When I was looking, I wanted to find an anti-vax website to really find out exactly what their theories are. And I actually couldn't find one. Did you find one? I didn't actually go looking into it. I At Google was not showing it, which is really interesting because nothing came up. And I thought there would be quite a lot. I did read a lot about some of those social media platforms and stuff trying to make it harder to find that information. So maybe yeah, so whether I'm, you fall into Google that. Google probably yeah. did the same thing. Yeah. That's really interesting. Like the stuff that I read stuff about, not not first first hand accounts of why I'm anti vax, but summaries of why people might be. And there seemed to be like one category is, you know, concerns about the safety, like the idea that, oh, there are side effects from vaccines and we minimize them and we don't know the long term effects and I've got, you know, an anecdote that someone was harmed by one and you know, the COVID vaccine was developed too quickly. And so there's kind of a, a safety kind of um, rationale for some anti-vaxxers. Mm. Um, but I guess the thing that's probably more commonly talked about is this distrust in governments and big pharma and they're trying to control the population and profit from it. And there's that kind of vibe to this as well. Yeah. And let's not beat around the bush. Pharmaceutical companies are 100% trying to profit. 
this uh, this every, is the- like let's not. This is exactly what it is. But I don't think they're in cahoots with the government giving us mind controlling drugs. Yeah, like, they're a business, and you know this is their business method. Yeah. And that's the, that's what I kind of I thought. Okay, let's let's step into the shoes and go. What? How could you mount a convincing argument for being anti-vax? Yeah, and because there's always a grain of truth in in these kind of movements. And you're like, okay, well, I guess with vaccines, there are side effects. Often they're short-lived. Often it might be an allergic reaction. Very rarely there's a severe reaction, but they do happen. So the idea that you can't eliminate risk entirely shows that there is a small risk. And I think what anti-vaxxers do is they they overestimate and magnify that tiny risk. Yeah, and they- but if you look at literally any medication and look at the potential side effects, they have 30 or 40, 50 potential side effects, as do vaccines. You know, that's just the nature of putting foreign things in your body. Doesn't mean it's not worth doing. Yeah, and I think like- what what's missing in terms of, like, can't see the, the wood for the trees is... I think there are also risks in not getting vaccinated and the, the, the disease itself that you're preventing yourself from getting is probably more harmful than this, this, this side effect risk you're worried about. Absolutely. But then your point around, can you always trust governments? No. Can you trust pharmaceutical companies who are benefiting from this? No. Like, I think, you know, there is that thing. Yeah, you can't, you you know, can't always, can but you sometimes trust them? you can. You know, I guess there's government departments who are basically, their job is to keep them honest. And, uh, you know, you'd have to say for the vast majority of cases, they do. Yeah, actually right. The testing protocol is very vigorous. The TGA in Australia spends a lot of time going through things, making sure they're safe before they get approved. So, yeah, I don't have any qualms about getting any vaccine, really. Yeah, you're a vaccine buff. In saying that, I will just do what the government tells me. So, (laughs) it's... (laughs) I'm, I'm the same. I'm like... Scientists are so much smarter than me. I'm pretty much going to do what they say. I'm not going to do my own research. Is the is it long and the short of it? I will. I yeah. will trust what they tell me to do. Particularly research from some rando on Facebook. You know, like yeah, exactly. that's where they're getting. They're just sort of looking for someone who agrees with what they already think. It's the same. It's the same mindset as any conspiracy theory we've covered in the past. Yes, exactly right. Like when I was looking at. You know what is what's under all of this, and it is exactly the same set of cognitive biases around confirmation bias. I'm just going to look for anecdotes that confirm what I believe. There's um, the negativity bias. I'm going to overestimate the likelihood of something small happening, so I won't do it. There's, yeah, I think you mentioned that issue that anything that is natural is better. The naturalistic bias, whereas I think that's um, you know all those little biases come into play and which is yeah. why when some studies have tried to convince anti-vaxxers to get vaccinated there's this backfire effect where all, all that happens is that they more firmly back into the corner on their position and they don't give their beliefs up like it's because you're not it's not like a logical argument it's an it's an emotive one and it's a whole bunch of mental shortcuts happening and the sad thing is they're making the decision for their kids who don't really have a say at such a young age and kids are dying from it, you know, dying from their parents' poor decisions. Yeah, exactly right. All becoming very unwell. Yeah. I read that um, like the World Health Organization has anti-vax as one of its top 10 global health threats. Yeah. And there's all these diseases that we hadn't seen for 30 or 40 years that are now popping up again in different communities and having a resurgence because people have stopped getting vaccinated for them. Like it's it, it, it does seem quite 
like you know as an emerging concerning trend. Tennis elbow has gone gangbusters <laughs> in the last uh, last six months <laughs> down at the local childcare. <laughs> Tennis elbow dandruff has gone uh, through the roof in your house oh, as well. That's it is, <laughs> yeah. Look, it's it's a constant presence. <laughs> did you um, just to go back in history for a minute? Do you look into the very first vaccine? I did. Yeah, which was. Look, he's a bold man. So this basically <laughs> involved, I think it was for smallpox. And this guy... Edward Jenner. He took a he got a cow that had cowpox, which is a thing apparently. And he took the pus from the, the pock. <laughs> I guess it's a pock. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he took the pus from the pock and then he cut or like broke the skin of his family and then put cow pus in it. Complete psychopath, but first vaccine. <laughs> well, did it, well, just like the detail there is because the milkmaids weren't getting smallpox and they were the ones who were interacting with these you know cows with cowpox and he's like why mightn't the milkmaids be getting smallpox Hmm. maybe there's something in the the pus that they're dealing with with the cows and so then he took that pus and then rubbed it on his children and then they didn't get smallpox and then he kind of um you know he made a you know the chemical version of it what a bloody Genius, yeah, and that was actually in the 1700s. So yeah, what a genius, what a legend. Yeah, what a legend. Can you imagine that? Like, if our dad came home from work and was like, "Don, quickly, I need to rub some rub some pus on you." <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that one right there. I'll leave that yeah, one right there. <laughs> Just stop that. Show. Our dad, and that's in his wheelhouse because. He's like, you know, our dad was great. He's he's in, up in heaven now. But he famously didn't want us to put pieces of paper on the dashboard because if you got into a car accident, we'd get our heads cut off. And his theory was, we're like, Dad, that's ridiculous. He goes, ever had a paper cut? And he had the smuggest look on his face. Ever had a paper cut, boys? Checkmate. All right. In the context of that, you would if he came home with a cow bus, you'd be like, this is not not weirder than what normally happens. This is this is yeah. this is on course. Actually, he did ask me not to put cow pass on the dashboard as well. So, <laughs> I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> it was apparent, at that point in the late 1700s, apparently smallpox was killing one child in every seven. Right. And then because of, of this guy and his, his, his vaccine, they eradicated it. Like, what a bloody legend. Yeah, the cows must have hated it, though. <laughs> Just leave my pox alone. God. <laughs> Alrighty, so I guess the other um, big vaccine story is obviously autism and the MMR vaccine. Did you look into that? Yeah, I did look into a bit of it, yeah. So that was basically a study in The Lancet, which is a massive medical journal, um, which basically claimed that the MMR vaccine caused autism and it was published and it made a big, it was a big deal. Yeah, 1998, and- Andrew Wakefield was the researcher. Yeah, and 98, like that is not long ago in the grand scheme of things. And essentially he was found to, to basically have made it up or he's he had this theory, he had a genuine theory um, and he was a genuine researcher up at that point. But I think he just manipulated data to prove his, um, his theory rather than letting the evidence prove it. Yeah, exactly right. And so those, like the, 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 the classic thing there was the correlation error of you know when symptoms of autism emerge because it's a social and communication disorder was around the same time 
as children get the MMR vaccine. So it was this false correlation that um, had people kind of believing what he was saying, but it was completely false. Dozens of papers have, have since proven it was false. But as a result of it, MMR vaccination rates plummeted and then there were measles outbreaks, you know, in, in various parts of the world and particularly in the UK. So massive, like massive fraud. He's been stripped of his um, practicing certificate as a doctor, can't work as a researcher anymore. The most amazing piece of, of goss on the side though, guess who his girlfriend is? Yeah. See, this is a, a, a discredited fraudulent medical scientist who's probably in his early 60s. He looks like exactly as we've Can described. I'll give you three guesses. All right. He's in the UK, right? Yeah. Okay, my first guess is Elizabeth Hurley. I don't know the answer to this. It's closer than I would like to admit. Really? It's 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 not that far off. Uh, to you, Grant, then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Grant or Shane Wan. Uh, I actually don't know. I don't know anyone else. A Spice Girl, now they're on the theme of Spice Girls. Emma Bunton. I don't know. <laughs> He's dating Elle McPherson. What? Blew my mind. Really? Absolutely blew my mind. Wow. What a fall from grace for Elle. Yeah. How does... Uh, that's a fair effort from him to uh, to pull Elle McPherson with that uh, resume. Well, she's probably in her 60s now as well, would she be? She is, yeah. But, like, she's she's still looking great. He looks like a crusty Steady old on. scientist. Steady on, Luke Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow, but good for him. He's not even a good guy, though. That's the problem. <laughs> I don't care what yeah, he looks like. He's not a good weird. guy. Yeah. He's a bit of a hero among the whole anti-vax circle. He's, still, he's made a career. Like, I think he initially published that article, got discredited. His career was just in ruins, and he's had this second wind as his whole anti-vax kind of... Yeah. Yeah. What a fall from grace, but it sounds like he's still making a living off it. He'd be happy with his lot in life. If someone said to him... If you do this article, this is going to happen, but in 20 years, Elle McPherson will be your girlfriend. He'd just go, ah, let's just do it. <laughs> let's roll Why the not? dice. Yeah. Let's roll the dice. Um, what else did you come across? I did my usual uh, fun facts. I'll do my Google of fun facts. So I did anti-vaxxers fun facts. And once again... Not many fun facts. Uh, I got a bunch of just interesting little sort of myths and, and facts kind of things. So let's have a look here. It's quite boring. Um, <laughs> no dead air and, no dead air and radio. Bloody hell. <laughs> um, I've got, there's literally about 20 points in my list here. And I'm trying, I'm just sifting through them, waiting for something interesting to come up. And I'm pretty sure I wrote fun facts and not just facts. But these are pushing it. There's nothing fun about any of these. It's just it's one of them. Doctors recommend getting the flu shot every year. That's that's a fun fact. That's um, Yeah, look, that's the most boring list. Why did I? Why did I do that? Yeah, okay, nothing else. Uh, <laughs> what about you? Um, probably the last thing I looked into was, you know, so how do you get? How do you change an anti-vaxxer's mind? Mm. And people like with the COVID vaccine going out, you know, the government's going to have to invest in how do you convince people to get vaccinated? Because apparently the the willingness of people to get the COVID vaccine is much lower than normal vaccines. So they've got a they've got people, a job to do. You know, I work in the health 
industry and there's people I work with who are nurses who are saying they won't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing that a lot as well. People, I think the, the main thing I'm hearing is it must have been rushed. They haven't had time to test it for long enough. Mm. Um, you know, effectively, I think it's that balancing of doesn't seem to be any COVID around. So why would I risk it is, is yeah. the kind of the sense. And there's a lot of people, it's like people, and once again at work, will say, you know, they don't have the flu shot because they're fit and healthy and they don't really get the flu. And that's kind of missing the point. Like it's it's not about them getting the flu. It's about, but it is about them getting the flu, but it's also not them about that, them being that sick. It's about them having the flu and then passing it on to someone who's um, at high risk of having a, a bad outcome with it yeah that's right and i I read a paper that was like like with the covid vaccine for example it's something like 65 to 70 percent of people need to get it to reach the minimum threshold for herd immunity so there aren't you know it just doesn't get passed around as easily yeah um so there's a bit of work to do here so the stuff i looked at obviously as i mentioned before just arguing with them around the logic of vaccination doesn't work so there's kind of a couple of strategies people have tried and they've evaluated it. One is is you because all of the focus of the anti-vaxxer is on the harms that are going to come from the vaccination. This these campaigns are more about we need to focus on the harms of not getting vaccinated. So really scaring them with graphic images of measles, you know, severe COVID. Um, long-term COVID patients yeah. and try and balance the risk ledger by making the immediate risk of the disease that we're trying to prevent more salient mm. is kind of strategy A, which they said works a little bit. Second strategy is overcoming that naturalness bias around people don't want a foreign body that's been manufactured in a, in a lab quickly in their body. So they say that the campaign needs to talk about the natural response of the immune system is what the vaccine is is prompting. So it's a natural thing you're doing to get the vaccine and you're actually stopping a foreign body entering your system and harming it. So they reckon that's best. But then the last one was the, was the best one, which was just don't give them an option. Don't say yeah. w- whether they would like to get it. Just tell them when and how it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a real tough one, isn't it? And there's there's lots of debate even among in hospitals about whether to force staff to get it or not. At this point, they're not. But it's tricky because all those like the civil that was one of the other reasons people are against it. It's just the civil liberties of yeah whether or not it's and I you know I don't care about the collective good. I just want to I want to do what I want to do. Yeah, and I can understand being concerned about such a rushed vaccine because it was rushed and yeah you know I can understand it. But still, just was yeah, it just do it, guys. <laughs> Was it rushed or was it just they had all the resourcing required to go through the standard steps more quickly because they just pumped yeah, more resources into it? I think it might have been a bit of both. Um, and I'm saying that with zero <laughs> evidence. Uh, I've just said, I'm just going for gut instinct here. Uh, I'm going to say it's a bit of both. I, I would imagine there's no yeah, way. Like obviously, there was no delays in getting things approved. Everything yeah. was done straight away. I don't reckon um, there's like... I don't, I don't know if the size of the... The trial groups were as big as usual, but I guess you know that. I actually I trust them that they're doing the right thing. Yeah, I don't reckon there's any, and I, again I could be wrong, but I don't reckon there's any way they're putting their rubber stamp on it being put into the general public if it hasn't met the same release criteria 
as any other vaccine would. I think they've just pumped the resources in it to get it happening more quickly. Yeah. Surely they wouldn't. Surely. Yeah. The bit that the only bit that I'm a little bit, you know, raised eyebrow on is the different strains of it and how effective each vaccine is is against the strains. When I've heard people speak about that, it does sound a little rubbery that it's really obviously you know, it's tested against certain strains, but not all strains. So, well, it's just the same as a flu shot. It's still worth getting. Yeah, yeah. And you know, this thing will mutate, and we'll probably have to get another one next year. And, uh, <laughs> you've entered this on a real downer. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Long story short, I would argue that I reckon vaccines are a victim of their own success. Like the 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 conditions that they're protecting us against have just faded from memory, so we actually don't know the good they're doing or they have done because we just don't know the reality of the conditions they're preventing. Is my uh, my stance? Yeah, this podcast has kind of turned into us just shilling vaccinations, and it's like we're being paid by the government to get everyone on board. <laughs> ah, vaccines are great; they're the coolest. All the cool kids are getting it. <laughs> ah, I just get it. <laughs> Oh, you chicken? You chicken? <laughs> Nobody calls me chicken. What, yeah. What's that? <laughs> the old uh, Back to the Future reference. Good. Yeah, nice. Um, all right. That probably is anti-vaxxers. I heard that voice <laughs> break. Um, <laughs> I just clenched and didn't breathe going, oh, let this pass, let this pass. No, <laughs> but you got it. When we were growing it. up, and look, to this day, if there's one slight break of a voice... We will call each other on it and and just mock them until they call us dickheads, basically. <laughs> All right, Don, I reckon we've got time for a quick social etiquette segment. Hit the, hit the theme song. All right, let's do it. If you've got a social problem that makes you want to run and hide, then we recommend you listen to Luke and Don's Etiquette Guide. Luke and Don's Etiquette Guide. Alrighty, Don. Uh, settle a debate for me. Yeah. You know the situation where you open the washing machine and a tissue has been left in a pocket. And so there's little bits of tissue all over the whole wash. Yeah, it's annoying. Very annoying. Bloody annoying. So the question is, who is to blame in the household for the wash having been put on with the tissue in it? So let's look at the, let's look at the culprits here. Hmm. There's really three possible people you could blame here. Firstly, the person whose pocket the tissue was in. Secondly, yep. the person who put the garment in the laundry to be washed. Thirdly, the person who put the garment in the machine and turned it on. So there's really three culprits here. Where do you put the blame or how do you proportion the blame across the three? Unfortunately, I live on my own, so I am going to cop it from all... <laughs> There's no way around it. I'm the guy. Don't you dickhead. Um, but... What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what a wanker. Um, but for for your household, for instance, I would argue that I don't want to go... If I'm doing the washing, family washing, say, I think that the onus is on probably on the person whose pants it is. Oh. Because who the hell wants to go through people's pockets Jeez. before... 
You're I don't s- want to go through someone's pockets. You're sounding a lot like my wife at this at this very moment. Do you want to? <laughs> like, I don't want to go through your disgusting pockets. I think it was yeah. The, yeah. There's something about a pocket that there's a, it's a world of horrors in there. Sometimes and you don't want to put your hands in there and pulling out a dirty tissue because you're gonna get yeah. you're gonna get bit. That's good. <laughs> I I generally I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I hear you. I understand where you're coming yeah. from. You sound like someone who's basically tissue pocket man, and <laughs> you're just trying to justify leaving a tissue in pocket. So my, my argument was all roads, wherever they come from, pass through the washing machine door. If you are the gatekeeper of that door, you're the bouncer of the washing machine, you need to check who's entering your club because... There are many ways that the the shorts or the pants could have gotten in the laundry. They could have been scooped up prematurely from the side of the bed when you were hoping for another wear the next day. Mm, That's a good point. And they've just been thrown in the laundry against your will and therefore you haven't thought to check the pocket because you're planning to wear them again tomorrow. And all of a sudden they're in the laundry getting put in the basket and then in the machine you're like, "That that was a sequence of events I had not signed off on. Quick question, yep. honest answer, please. Yeah. How long will you wear a pair of jeans before washing them? Because I reckon you're a good, by the looks of your jeans, I'm going to say seven, eight months. Um, what do you do? I don't think I've ever washed a pair of jeans. Um, yeah. <laughs> my blue jeans turned into my black jeans. That was great. <laughs> I will go, something about jeans. I don't know why jeans are different. Oh, every other pants or shorts. I wash them very regularly. Jeans, for some yeah. reason, I think they don't need to be washed. Like I know. It's, they do get <laughs> an easy ride. I don't know whether it's because when I get them out, often they're three sizes smaller than when they went in. And it takes me oh, it takes me two weeks of wear to get than, them back to normal. No, oh, that's great. I love a freshly washed jeans. It's like it shrinks in. It's great. Too snug. Much too snug. Yeah. So have I convinced you at all of my gatekeeper argument? Nah, I think that's a, that's a debate that will go on forever. I don't think there's... It's like the chicken or the egg situation. I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. But if you're continually leaving tissues in your pockets, maybe it's time to change to a hanky. The hanky solution. That's that's going to keep everyone <laughs> the hanky happy. hanky solution. That's, you're a peacekeeper. I like it. Yeah. Hankies is still... It's like you're in the 40s. And it's they're very... If you've got a cold, it's the only time I bust out a hanky. <laughs> God, they get gross quickly. They're just disgusting filthy, rags. Filthy. Yeah, absolutely filthy. This this does remind me of um, that time that my wife and I went camping with a family tent that we got from the garage. And mm. when we, we drove like, you know, two hours out into the bush to set up this tent. And when we got there, there were no poles in the bag. Yeah. And so we had to end up having to sleep in the boot of the car. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, when we drove home Why didn't you sleep in one of the seats? Because <laughs> we put the back seats down And just slept uh, the I thought you got in the boot <laughs> Got to sleep in the boot then <laughs> Night <laughs> um, And then When we got back I remember sitting you and dad down And going Here's the situation We've just gone camping without poles Who's to blame here? Let's break this down. So is it yeah. me for not checking the poles? Was it you for using the tent last and not putting them back in the bag? Or is it dad because he separated the bag from the poles in the garage <laughs> accidentally? Yeah, I think I had the poles <laughs> r- up against the bag. Yes. And then dad... Because they wouldn't fit. Was, you know, 
packing a tent is hard enough as it is. Very hard. But I was the- in a rush. I had I had the poles next to them. <laughs> Dad then moved the bag, not knowing the poles were with the bag. So when I took the bag, yeah. obviously separated from the poles. I remember we sat yeah. we sat at the kitchen table for about six hours, and I think we actually left <laughs> with. I think it was like a 33% share each in the blame. Yeah. I think, honestly, I think that is, to this day, the angriest I've ever seen you. <laughs> you were so annoyed at me. It was <laughs> it was next level. I was You've never been that cranky at me. I was sleeping in a bloody boot. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> great. Oh, dear. Um, all righty. Uh, that'll, uh, that'll probably do it. So, turn to hankies is the answer. To that. Yeah, just get a hanky. Go back to go back to the forties and <laughs> grab a hanky. Cool. Alrighty. Thanks for listening. A little bit a little bit of rust on the first episode back, but we'll Yeah, wasn't our best. We'll get back to the We're just warming it. up. It'll be fine. Next episode should be a little bit better, hopefully. Yeah, don't worry, it'll be fine. You're in safe hands here. It's a good Yeah. <laughs> We're professionals. <laughs> Everything's gonna be alright. Alrighty. See you dickheads. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>